It's everything Queensland footy. Good bold football from the Brisbane Lions. That's a big one for the Suns. This is Northern Exposure. Well, straight away in far better quality than last week as well. Mm. It's a lot cooler this week, Jack Fulham. Welcome back to Northern Exposure. This is Northern Expansion as we just you now push out the perimeter fence a little bit further. We, we widen the boundaries of where we're, we're taking this. This is our Wizard Cup. It is our Wizard Cup. And uh, Ripton Nick Rewalt, who just copped that all through <laughs> the Super Bowl coverage. Poor Nico's <laughs> copped a few strays. Just doing a bit of side project work on his summer holiday. And yep, they've, came, they've come for him. You had to know it was going to happen, though. Like, look, not going to take anything. First of all, the man's in his, no, what, he'd be his 40s now. Yeah, he'd he, be 40. He's absolutely jacked. He's he's having mm. just the time of his life. And now he's been asked to be a Super Bowl pundit. Mm. You know what? Tall Poppy Syndrome in Australia was going to go after him. <laughs> Can I say something about Nick Raywell? Go for it. He looks like an alpaca that's been to a private school. <laughs> <laughs> It's been yeah. playing on my mind for a few years, and I've just had to. I've finally just had to say it. Look, uh, anyway, I love Nick Rewalt. He he was he was like I guess the the design for uh, a certain man's perfect soldier back in the day. Mm. There's no there's no doubt about that. Watching Nick Rewalt play football, <laughs> I used to love just watching him and his opponent, and you could always just pinpoint the exact moment, usually around the third quarter, where his opponent blew a gasket. Yep, and just could not go with him anymore. And it just used to be the most beautiful thing, watching that bloke just gut run. 150 meter sprints up and down the ground. He was a freak athlete. He was built different, but um, yeah, the Wizard Cup gear was just wonderful. And I mm. miss, I really do miss Wizard Cup. I miss yeah. some. I I miss the preseason competition meaning something. I miss there being a competition. I get it. I 100 percent get why we don't do, you know, a proper comp. But I don't know. Maybe and maybe just going for shit teams. Yeah. Like it. It felt like it meant something. What was the year that Carlton won the preseason comp? And then won six, and won the wooden spoon in the same year. Didn't they do it twice? Might have, might have done they, it twice. Yeah, because they, yeah, what was it like? Late two thousands, they had what they won two or three wizard cups. Yeah, I remember two thousand six was the one where they won the wizard cup, then won the spoon. <laughs> but you know, some of those wizard cup grand finals were really hard fought games of footy. I remember, of course, they were two thousand and two. It was uh, Richmond versus Port Adelaide in the final of the wizard cup. Port Adelaide won it by like nine points and it was a really bruising physical game of football and you go, geez. And, and off the back of that, I still remember, I was 10 years old, I can remember this, but yeah, what this I did is, yesterday. Yeah, we've really tapped into the pain we've here. Really, huh? We've really nuffed it. And off the back of it, every media pundit was like, well, these are both going to be top four teams this year because they oh. were top four teams last year. And uh, half of that was correct. Uh, the Port Adelaide half of that was correct. Right. And just, uh, just let out the pain. Yeah. I mean, it was a nice, you wore a nice Guernsey. We topped up with... Superstars like Greg Stafford, <laughs> Paul Hudson. Well, look, I mean, we're, we're joking about your pain as a Richmond supporter, but I'm wearing my Carlton Draft Matthew Lloyd 2000 shirt with <laughs> the last Thanks. time Eston had a decent team and uh, we got anywhere close to having a forward capable of kicking a 100 goals in a season. So, um, look, it looks good, but um, this is our... Jeez, don't discount the Courtney Johns years. <laughs> You've, uh, you, you were kind enough to give me the... Um, the AFL season guide for 2024, and you know it was nice to go back into the history of uh, you know, my my wonderful club, and you get to go through the trade history, oh, <laughs> and everything we did in the draft, and look, we're going to get to Adrian Nadoro's biography when it comes out eventually. See, is has. <laughs> It's going to have to explain a lot because there is going to be some kind of massive civil suit levelled against that man for what he did. 
Adrian Dodoro's trading history is a bit like Scott Morrison's prime ministership. It just lurched from disaster to disaster to disaster, but he just never got outed. Well, we haven't got uh, we've got rid of him either. It's still <laughs> still somehow connected. Anyway, well, I, I swear that page, the draft history page in Richmond. And Richard Tambley's name is always the same size, <laughs> but it just stands out like why, donkey's balls. Why, why, is, why is the font <laughs> 20 times bigger? Why is it in size 28? <laughs> look, Jack, we, we, we get it. We, we have to learn from history. We have to learn from history. So, yes, look, and look for those new to this podcast, yes, now, well, where we do talk about the Brisbane Lions and the Gold Coast Suns is because they fill us with hope. Mm. Our clubs, Essendon and Richmond, going for them as Victorians in the early days, didn't really do much for us. All they did, and then they didn't. We've kind of lived mm. reverse parallel lives, and uh, regardless, pain, pain <laughs> is the constant <laughs> between both of us. But... Uh, Look, um, yeah, exciting stuff. We'll get to the Lions and Suns very soon, but it's been a huge week of sport. And um, look, uh, between many of our group chats and just our constant DMs, I, I don't really know where to start, but we, we may as well just touch on, you know, the circus that was the Super Bowl very quickly. Oh. Look, two Australians doing a podcast uh, talking about the Super Bowl. Who would have thought of it? Who? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, um, look, I'm never going to get quite on board with NFL. This is the closest I've ever been uh, to going, all right, I, I actually... I was streaming it on my walk home yesterday and I would sort of sit down and watch each down going, okay, this is, this is pretty intense, but I'm never, I'm never going to buy a Jersey. I'm never going to sit down and watch an entire game. I like, honestly, I prefer the entertainment factor, but it was, yeah. It's kind of funny, isn't it? That every year we kind of adopt a little bit more of American pop culture as our own. Yes. And I think that is most true when it comes to the Super Bowl. There's so many, like, I just love oh. our, our way of trying to crowbar our connection. Like, geez, we have dined out on Mitch Wisnowski. <laughs> we have like Ben Graham has no hair left because once <laughs> a year it's coming out from the amount of radio interviewers and producers trying to get him on the phone. Oh. Hey Ben, remember the He's time everywhere. you remember the time you lost a Super Bowl? Can you talk about it? <laughs> remember the time you kicked it three times in the Super Bowl? Yeah. Honestly, if I'm getting Ben Graham on the phone, I'm talking about that kick down at Kidinia Park against Port oh, Adelaide. Oh, yeah, the 105 metres. So <laughs> I'm not watching the commentary of that. It's 105 metres. Like, it's I, not. But So last year we had Ben Graham on the phone for a Super Bowl interview. and uh, Some connection to the Sporting Globe. And anyway, like I, I accidentally got him on the line a little bit too early. So usually you ring them like about two minutes before we meant to go back. So this, on is, this is as a radio producer. As a radio producer and... You know, have a quick chat to him. Like, hey, Ben, Jack here from wherever. I Having sa- you on with this show. <laughs> I, sat yada, next yada, to you for, I sat next to you for years listening to you do this. And you were magnificent. <laughs> you found a way to make them feel welcome, give them all the essential information. But I always knew that you had a question in there. You had something always. you wanted. And this was your chance to, once you, well, once you I, butter them up, while they're kind of in like, I guess it's like an audio green room. You're mm-hmm. kind of waiting for them to go on air with the hosts. You'd have a couple of questions for them. <laughs> So Ben Graham, and I'm like, hey, Ben, going to be on in a couple of minutes. And just wanted to say, my dad came home from Kidinia Park one day <laughs> and said he saw you kick the footy 100 metres and nobody believed him. And then the next day it was on the Sunday footy show and it was like the best thing that he'd ever seen. So thanks for making my dad happy. Good. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you wouldn't believe the amount of people that still ask me about that. And I'm like, good. It's just a little tiny bit of Australian rules history that – I hope we can, uh, you know what? Well, I hope I can tell my kids one day about Ben Graham kicking the ball 105 yeah. metres because it was just enormous. And that's the thing. We're at this we're at this interesting juncture right now where 
as I'm sure you would have noticed, both co- both major codes again. We don't we don't do code wars here. It's not no. what we're about. We but embrace everyone. Of course we do. But both Apart major from co- fucking netball. <laughs> <laughs> Look, sorry but, netballers. But I just got, can't they, get they, around the sport. They've got their own stuff going on right yeah. now. They've got their own. They're fighting their own battle right now. <laughs> just just, <laughs> just sw- shadow boxing at some air demon right now. Let let them do their own thing. Um, but uh, both codes are. Tr- they tried to attach themselves mm. to this Super Bowl. So whether it be Nick Rewalt Re- getting on the coverage or whether it be the NRL really starting to ramp up um, yep. their sort of foray into the US, uh, you know, getting a getting John Maylata getting a footy into the Rock's hands or something like that. that they're really trying to you know, go... Piggyback well, themselves exactly in. Exactly right. It, and it's painful to watch. The, <laughs> it's I, painful to watch. I love the NRL's <laughs> Vegas experiment. I know. Again, I am a hundred percent here for it. I I want this to succeed. But I want it to succeed too, and I really admire them for shooting their shot and for also not being scared off by the AFL's failure in China. Because <laughs> the AFL, what were we thinking? But at the time, it was a great idea. What playing Kaspersky Stadium? Yeah, Kaspersky <laughs> Stadium. Yeah, in, where was it? Uh, was it Shanghai? It was Shanghai. Yep. Yeah. At the beautiful sort of like pagoda um, and remember grandstand at the back. Port Adelaide cracking the shits because Gold Coast jersey was red and China's oh, flag was red. lucky. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, the, the Chinese people aren't going to go for Port Adelaide because Gold Coast's jersey is red. It's like no Chinese people are going to go for either side. Well, that's not true. I mean, if they wanted to, they could have worn their special 1989 Tiananmen <laughs> Square prison bars <laughs> kit. <laughs> Bad time for you to drink your water. <laughs> All right. While while you think about the Shanghai memories, um, I I did want to, and I had this ready for you. I did want to ask you: Have you watched the um, the Russell Crowe explainer video that the NRL have put out? I have watched. Okay, I'm just going to play a bit of it here. Rugby league is football, (laughs) but maybe not as you know it. No, it's not rusty. Arguably the fastest. Most aggressive ball in hand football game that exists. Yeah. Yeah, debatable. Yeah. And it goes on to become a full explainer video. The AFL put one out a couple of years ago. It's, Look, it's just something about Russell's voice that just isn't, rustles isn't, your jimmy. Isn't there? <laughs> it sounds like if you don't pay attention to this afterwards, <laughs> like there's just a like a little after 30 second cut, Russell, Russell Crowe's just standing there outside an RSL with a broken glass bottle going. Do you remember <laughs> how a try scored? <laughs> Downward pressure, Russell. Downward pressure. Could you could you imagine like being a South player? You know, you you locked even at halftime in a grand final, and you're on your way out of the tunnel for the second half, and he just slaps you on the butt and goes, "Bash these cards, <laughs> <laughs> or I'll do it for you." No. Seriously. How do South not win the flag every year? I don't know. With, with that kind of inspirational leadership. I might, we'll, we'll get Ben Teo on one time and get him to just, I'm yep. sure there's a crossover in that period of time. So we'll, we'll find out a bit about it. But look, I, I didn't, I didn't mind it. There, you know, there's a bit of dusting put on it. That's, that's fine. Again, I want this to work. I really want this to work, but I'm, I'm watching it so closely. What do you reckon? And, do you, and answer me this. Have the NRL in all their marketing just given up on you on correcting people rugby league? I think because, so. Because for years, you know, 
it's always going, is a rugby player coming across from Australia? And they're going, your brain goes, rugby league? He's a rugby league. league player. Now, down in, it's funny, Victorians, and you've spent mm. more time down there than I have. I've always noticed Victorians still get it mixed up. Yep. They, they are really bad for it. Yep. And you know, it, it's chalk and cheese in the northern states. Like you, yeah, there's you know a huge difference between the codes. To, to bring anyone up to scratch, rugby refers to rugby union. You must specify it either as league mm. or rugby league. It's like how union can't be footy. League can be footy. But if they're selling this, they're selling rugby league. But that sounds too much like this is the rugby league. Yep. So anyway, I reckon they're just... They're at the point that somewhere in the marketing committee, they've just gone, we give up on this. You know what? Just just let this go. Let this go. We, we can't keep fighting this. Yep. It doesn't matter. No. Yep. Uh, and I like what they've done. Uh, and yeah, what well, kind of opposite to what the AFL did in China. They've gone really hard. They've gone to Vegas. They've got a 60,000 seat stadium. They've taken four teams over there. Mm. Well, you know, you've got, Hugh Jackman's, you got Hugh Jackman's Manly, you've got Uncle Nick's Roosters, you've got the money coming mm-hmm. in from there, Souths uh, through Rusty Crow, and then Broncos, more your powerhouse club. and With old sexy eyes, Reese Walsh. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, geez, they're going to really, they're going to trot him dream out, aren't they? Hey, you caught that pass from Tom Brady, mate. Yep. <laughs> and Yeah, look, um, I, I'm I'm very interested to see how it goes, but, you know, look, well, we will... And I will say, I put my hand up and go, yes, I have, um, I have my interests when it comes to the Broncos. But eh, there's the first little little chink in the armor. Oh, can we get the Enya back? Oh, you want the Enya back? Yeah, yeah. I, I can have the Enya back. There you go. There you go. Just a nice, nice Enya for you. So Enya's come back because it's over, Nick. The NRL's <laughs> perfect off season. Oh, I know. Scandal free off season. We you, got, hate, you hate to see We it. got so close. We got so close. It's only now. We were two weeks away <laughs> from having a scandal-free NRL offseason. Now, for people that are big AFL fans and they don't really know much about the NRL, a scandal-free NRL offseason is less regular than Haley's Comet. You, you banked on it. It's, you took out a bingo card. Exactly. And, and they were borderline ridiculous as well. You couldn't write half of the things. Yep. Or as Latrell Mitchell and Jack White in last year. What is... How? Every time there seems like there's going to be a quiet NRL off-season, it's like, bang, Mitchell Pierce humping a dog. (laughs) Yeah, look, they they have toned it it down. John Monaghan humping a dog? No, that was the peanut butter. Oh, yeah, okay, that was... So uh, both of them them dog incidents. Um, Todd Carney doing the bubbler. Uh, (laughs) Just a a thirsty man who's just big on recycling. Just Dylan Napa shadow boxing in the corner. Why? Something was uh, going on. Oh no! Nate Miles was technically during the season when he shit in the corridor. (laughs) But um, yeah, look. um, And look, it it, it pains me to do it, but you know, maybe it was just maybe it was just excitement um, from the players. I'm not sure, but this is look. This is the audio of um, the Carrigan Reese Walsh incident. (laughs) Oh no! They were just (laughs) saying. Just excited. <laughs> oh, actually. Uh, so that is Travis Kelsey post Super that, Bowl. That is Travis Kelsey. There's a, a lot of inch. CTE that's gone into that. He's, oh, I've, that I, I love how the camera... And look, you know, I, I have loved every part of this Super Bowl that Taylor Swift has been involved in. I, think, yep. I always say the Super Bowl is the greatest combination of entertainment and sport in the world. And yep. that's, I, like, I think it actually, in the States, it broke the viewership record. All time, all from Swifties. Yeah, but that's but that's more than the moon landing as well. It, it, it surpassed that. But and that's when there was like two television. Stations oh, exactly right. Well. So, so hundred televisions. So it was a pretty big Super Bowl. But um, 
the whole Taylor Swift thing, cameras cutting to her, making it about her. I thought it was awesome. I've I, yeah. I've I've loved this and watches um the AFL and NRL scriptwriters try and do something similar. We don't <laughs> we can't do that. But the mo- oh but, my god, but, guys, but, here's but, Danny Minogue. But okay, first of all, like you know, I I think back to Shane Craw. <laughs> okay, I tell you what, if if Dusty ends up with like Danny Minogue, that <laughs> is is that our version? Uh, no, we we no. got We got to really aim for the stars. No, let's go. Let's go. You're going a little bit higher. Let's than talk da- name like global bit. Australian athletes. Say like Jess Malboy, <laughs> athlete. Oh, sorry, I was just an athlete. <laughs> okay, uh, like Cameron Smith, the golfer, ends up with okay, so Margot you, Robbie. Okay, so you're looking for our, our version of Nathan Cleary and Mary Fowler. Oh, Nathan Cleary and Mary oh, Fowler. There we go. The there immaculate chinception. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what up? Well done, <laughs> but look, Travis Kelsey. Like you know, I, I now I remember players yelling things into the microphone when they receive their premiership medal. Yep. You think of, uh, you think of Shane Crawford. That's what I'm talking about. You know, I remember Tad Canelli doing his jig. Toby Thurston, cat dog. That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Still like, a moment that all, lives rent free. <laughs> all of them took their their chance now. I, I, again, I cannot remember the context outside of this and how Travis Kelsey was given the microphone because he's he's not the captain. Mm. I, not every player on the team got the mic. But in that ceremony, that, that man's taken hits throughout his life and it was just a moment where the camera cuts to Taylor Swift and you just see her going, oh, this, this was a mistake. <laughs> this like If this is what it's going to be first, now it is going to be 20 times worse tonight and then if... <laughs> This experiment has run its this, course. Yeah, it, this is done. If it wasn't the you know, him yelling at Andy Reid, it was this. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, yell it. Not not a. That was a read. bizarre incident with Travis Kelsey just manhandling his coach pretty much on the sidelines. Mm, big fella too, tough to manhandle. But so yeah, yeah you, the big walrus. Oh my god! I love that that man's a three time a three time Super Bowl champion. Yeah, and just you know doesn't want. Doesn't want to drink anything afterwards. Just wants a cheeseburger, Just man. give the man his cheeseburger uh, and he's happy. But, yeah, look. He's a treasure, Andy Reid. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey was unhinged. His brother was even better. But, um, look, that, I think that, that'll do us for our NFL coverage because Me- there, there are enough podcasts. <laughs> there are enough podcasts so Aussies talking about it. Meanwhile, when we're talking about unhinged, oh. let's go back to Fortitude Valley, Brisbane, <laughs> where most of Brisbane's unhinged behaviour happens. It was it late on Sunday night? Mm. Pat Carrigan and Adam Reynolds, the captain and the vice-captain of the Brisbane Broncos, uh, have got into, what would you do? Well, let's call it Scufflegate. Oh, Scufflegate. A like, tiny little drunken fracker. It's just a little wrestle. Well, no punches are thrown. No. And um, the, the player hasn't been named yet, but at the end of the video that I've seen, there's just a player that just stacks on the top, and it's like, that's... Referee's blowing the whistle there. Well, tag me in. Yep. That's six again. That's third man in. Yeah, third man in. You can't do that, mate. And he's just flopped on top as well. That's oh, look in, in these situations. If that's the kind of training that's been going on at Red Hill, there's alarm bells ringing for the season. Oh, you're not you're, you're, <laughs> not, you're not happy with it. Not enough contact there. <laughs> and it's just really, it's such a minor little incident. Yeah, they've gone out on the pitch. Well, as you said, there's been nothing all season, so yep. we're we're looking for something. And um. And AFL fans, we know that the AFL media, especially in Melbourne, can be ruthless and they can, you know, borderline invade privacy sometimes. Hmm. Uh, the NRL media are a pack of attack hounds. And they work together. 
and they work together for a story. Did you hear the press conference today? Oh. I'll have to apologise. I don't have any of the audio, but all of them, they are just because we've worked around them. None of them are brave enough to just maverick it. (laughs) They won't won't go out solo. They'll plan it and they'll plan little one-two punches and then it was just this chorus of that. Like it was carefully carefully canon like, so is there an alcohol problem? Yeah. Uh, Will you step down? Will you not be going to Vegas? I'm like, none of you be prepared to say this all together, but you've worked out in your little pack and... Oh, I didn't like it. Yeah, it's, it's almost they, like they were, they're bore, on a, they were boring like, questions. I too. get it's a I get it's a press conference, but it's almost like a, a court interrogation. Yes. Pat, do you have a problem with alcohol? <laughs> like, <laughs> and they, look, and they and they're clearly in a situation where they are fronting the media. They've got cameras pointed at them. Yeah, and what, what, what everything is. What gotcha. do you expect them exactly? What do you go? No, mate, don't ask dumb questions like mm. that. Like I don't know, I was um I, I didn't like it. The, the clubs handled it well. They've done you know, all the protocols are in place. But you're right, the uh, the perfect season, the perfect, they, the perfect off season is done. It is done, and and you know what? I think it's a good thing. I think, uh, so. I think it's a good thing for the NRL. And it was kind of funny last week. Uh, Dean Ritchie, who's a NRL journalist Jesus. down in Sydney, and um, what have I told you about using the J word out of context? <laughs> He's a NRL opinion maker out of Sydney. That's nah, better. And he wrote it's not an, great, but it's better. He wrote an opinion piece in the Daily Telegraph last week, praising the NRL players for the perfect off season and how great it's been. And we came in of I think it was like a Tuesday morning, and we looked at that and gone, within the next week, <laughs> what, <laughs> are, what have you done? There, there's going to be someone arrested or a yeah, video of something come out. That is just that is a five hundred words of jinx. Yeah. Yep. And true enough, Dean Ritchie, this is your fault. Yep, exactly. We now now we can point to where the culture problem comes from. So, Dean Ritchie, it's it's, uh, it's been decided. <laughs> you you are the asshole here. <laughs> anyway, so that's uh, look. Uh, we'll move on very quickly. In Vegas, mm. no, I do love how so many players. No, there's such a worry about. You know when you, you know maybe when you're younger and you get in trouble. No, or in trouble with the law, or you kind of have like the consequences of your actions. That like, yeah, you may never be able to travel overseas. You might. I don't know if any of these players at any point, when let's say there's maybe been a misdemeanor when they were younger, going, oh, what am I going to go play rugby league in Vegas? No, I'm going to be playing <laughs> rugby league. You know, maybe down in Illawarra. I don't. I, a little assault. And charge. I might get picked to take on the Warriors and go to New Zealand. Yeah. A little assault or drug charge isn't going to hurt me here. Yeah. <laughs> and and barley, barley don't check. Yeah. No. You don't need a visa for barley. It's welcome and encouraged. Oh, well. Oh, well. Look, I, again, I'm excited for how this is going to work. But um, let's uh, let's head over to our favourite code, Jack, because uh, at the end of the day, this is a podcast about the Gold Coast Suns and the Brisbane Lions at its core. At mm-hmm. its core. But um, look, we're getting closer and closer to um, first contested games and. No, again, coming- Lions had a scratchy on the weekend. They did on Friday night out at Brighton Homes Arena. Some interesting stuff to come out of that. What have you? What do you liked? Well, the first one, Darcy Gardner played forward for most of it. Bobbed up, kicked three goals. Uh, looked like looked to give him a different look um, down forward. But with these practice matches or these intra club matches, it's always hard to tell you know, who's gone out and played the hardest. And then obviously there's veterans that sort of mosey around at 30% and just want to get through and have the run. So you can never really take too much out of them, but it was interesting to see Darcy Gardner up forward. And we spoke last week that the Brisbane Lions are going to have that log jam in their defensive half. Yep. And potentially Darcy Gardner might struggle for 
action during the season? Well, we know he came in uh, right at the end after Jack Payne mm. hurt himself and just couldn't get right for the prelim in the grand final. Now uh, Tom Dudo comes in to the side and you know, is essentially going to be a walk-up start in that team as soon as his, his body's ready. So look, it, I, I don't mind the idea of sort of, you know, trying Dizzy down forward. Mm. No, what, what, have you, what have you got to lose? Like, still hasn't kicked a goal since 2019 after it, um, got <laughs> stolen on the line from him in the prelim. But in saying that, uh, the, the prelim final and the grand final that he came in for, especially the prelim, Mashed up on Charlie Curnow, played a fantastic game. Absolutely. Was solid in the grand final. So, uh, look, maybe Darcy Gardner, if he can just get things right with his body, he can string together some solid form. Another big surprise down forward for the Lions was uh, draftee Logan Morris. Comes out of the Western Jets. They picked him up at pick 31 in last year's draft. Bobbed up, kicked four, and a couple of them were on Harris Andrews. Okay. In the intra-club match. So... He's uh, about 191 centimetres, kind of uh, almost like a Jack Gunston type, that that mid-range forward, can play tall, good overhead. I remember Jack Gunston. You remember Jack Gunston? <laughs> remember, Jack- remember former line remember Jack Gunston? kids about Jack Gunston. Mm. <laughs> that Jack Gunston, great career, can but I- uh, his time in Brisbane is... Uh, is well, he, there's no easy way to say it. It's disappointing. He went back to Hawthorne. He's is gone he, back to Hawthorne, yeah. Is he on their list? Yeah, he's back on their list. Okay. He'll be playing at the Hawks this year. And uh, and look, moving your family up to Queensland, big career shift, especially like later in a in someone's career, it's not for everyone. And it wasn't for Jack Gunston and obviously has to go home to feel a bit comfortable and there's, there's personal issues there. And, and this is not a, a pot shot at him, but I think the lines are fine without him. I think they are, they are too. They've like, got so many strings to the bow down forward. When they brought him up here in the first place, I I never saw it as, you know, he was going to be this third forward, like Daniel Bradshaw type back in the day. Cherry. It, was, it, was, it was a cherry. It was a cherry. It was there if needed if someone went down, but it was more to mining his experience mm. than anything else. You know, the Lions were trying to at least make a grand final. This is a man who has plenty of grand final experience and, he just didn't quite fit into that forward line. And they look again, the Lions had kinks to work in work out in that forward line. And yep. it turned out that Gunston being down there actually didn't help the cause. It's almost so, like too many chefs. Well, it is. It is. And that's the thing, knowing that so many of the Lions goals are going to come from small forwards or even mm. midfielders creeping down. You didn't need another tall. Like we talk, we've talked for so long about the three tools problem that they used to have. And even yep. when Dan McStay was there back in the day, it just didn't work. Two, we now know that two is the perfect figure for them. They only need two tools. Goals are going to come from plenty of other places. But that's exciting about young Logan Morris. Yeah, so look, he probably won't see that much game time this year, but you never know. He gets a, an early debut, string together some good form. Could be one of the surprise packets out of the draft, but there's a lot of encouraging signs. And uh, from all accounts, he's got a bit of spunk about him too, Logan Morris. I don't mind it. And that's the thing you, know, you see in this time of year. That You hit the nail on the head that a lot of the senior players, especially you guys who are first 22, they're just they're getting through. They're just yep. they're warming the way up. It's it's the guys like the Logan Morrises or even like you've, you've seen footage of Harley Reid over at West Coast. Yep. A lot of like first-year players and uh, they are putting on clinics. They want to make an impact. But they early. but this is where they need to make an impact. So yep. this is like this is their grand final day. This is their first real test at the end of their preseason. So, of course, you know, you're going to see them really absolutely going for it. And there's a there's a couple of fringe lines that I really want to put in spotlight, especially over the preseason, first couple of weeks of the season. How's our man, the Grug? The Grug. Kai Lohman, uh, was he? He's played about six, seven AFL games across a couple of years now. We see him at VFL level. Very exciting. When he has got an opportunity at AFL level, he's done some nice things, but it hasn't really 
left a big impact on a game. No, not enough yep. really to keep him in the side. Yeah, not enough to keep him in the side, but this is going to be a huge year for him. This is year three in the system, and if he can string together some games, it's going to be hard to break into that Lions forward lineup, but there's some big raps on him internally, and you know, for us, we love him. I know, um, and I know he's very well liked at the club as well. So, yeah, hopefully we can see him you know, break into that unit. Another one is Jackson Pryor. Yeah, Jack, Jackson Pryor is an interesting one because this is a fourth it, year on the list. Yeah, so um, solid performer, but expendable when someone needs to go. And last year was the the lowest tally of games that he's played in his career. I think he played sixteen or seventeen his first year, and I think it was eleven or twelve his second year. Last year only got in for I think three or four games. So, it, in some ways, he took a little bit of a backward step. I know guys like Will Ashcroft came into the side and Josh Dunkley as well. So there's always going to be pressure for spots, but. You know, he's talented by foot. He can play a bunch of different roles. And that's a big year for him as well because he, he's kind of on that that bubble and needs to take that step up from being a good VFL player to a, you know, a regular solid contributor at AFL level. But he, he has the talent to be able to do it. That's exciting. It's exciting. Um, Carter Michael is one mm. I'm wondering about this year. Queensland boy. Carter Michael's an interesting one because we, we know he's got that raking left foot uh, – Daniel Rich like in the in the way that he kicks a footy, played that one game in 2022 against that Essendon. Yeah, that was the COVID game it where was, I think it was nine or oh, ten nine Lions ten went out with with I'll, COVID. I'll always take that win, but there's always that asterisk he, over it. He kicked a ripper goal. He too. did fourth quarter as well. It was clutch. Yep. Um, yeah, I haven't really heard a lot about him during the preseason. Uh, so look, I'll head out there to they're playing another intra club on Friday. Um, and then the week after, they've got a game simulation against the Gold Coast Suns. That'll be a, a six-quarter jobby where everyone gets a 40, run. Yeah, yep. everyone will get a run. They'll do some, I think, some scenarios, two-minute drills, stuff like that. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll head out there and take a look at that and uh, take a look at Carter Michael and see what's up with him. Well, Chris Fagan has spoken, and um, just in regards to the scenarios is what he's had to say on what the Lions are looking to do in their scenario training. Obviously try and keep possession, run the clock down a little bit, Keep the ball wide. Uh, don't let it get in the corridor. You know, get numbers around the contest. Uh, very few on your forward line. You know, all those sorts of things. Um, and we, we learned some good lessons about that last year. You might remember the game against um, uh, Melbourne at the MCG when mm. we had a good lead. And yeah. um, I think I pulled the trigger a little bit quickly on putting the man behind the ball. <laughs> it was probably, uh, I think with two and a half goals in front, there might have been five or six minutes to play. And it was the wrong call by me. But we learned so much from that game. Mm. I don't think the wrong call. outside of the grand final, I don't think we lost a close game after that. Mm. I, I like that they're constantly still in a, mm. a learning phase, and they're, they're self-aware enough. And you know they've analysed what. Yeah, you know, there'd be plenty of clubs that would say, getting within four points of a premiership, we're so close. Let's just keep going business as usual. We're doing nothing take, wrong. We're doing nothing wrong. And now remember, this is a team that lost by less than a goal in a grand yeah. final. You would have every right to yeah. carry on that way. And that's been the really impressive thing about how the players and how the coaches have fronted up to mistakes that were made um, and potentially you know, tactical misadventures. And they've fronted up to it, they've analysed it, and they're fixing it for this season and they're putting an emphasis on it for this season. And I think it's a really mature approach from the Lions and it, and it shows that they're not happy with, you know, with losing a grand final by four points and that they, they know that there are plenty of things that they can do to take that next step and be premiers. 
So I, I love it. And I love those comments from Fagan. No, it's good to see. Good to see. And um, this is just quickly, just quickly for those, uh, this is Chris Fagan on how the grand final review went. It was a really good review. I, I, I love the fact that the players were so honest because that grand final came down to moments, really. Mm. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I, I talked to the players about the idea. I, I said to them, you know, is there a moment that you'd like back? And I went around the room. And uh, we and I talked to them too about the idea that you know there's there'll be no reprisals here. You, you, you're humans. You'll make mistakes, and there'll be things that you regret. But it's important to talk about them here today before you go and leave, so you don't carry them around for mm. the next six mm. months. Get them off your chest. And um, I was a bit curious to know how they'd be with their honesty because we'd gone through the tape and we knew all the moments. Mm. They didn't miss one. Right. They were so honest. Um, and and some of them had to make themselves pretty vulnerable to be honest. Um, yeah. Uh, but it was great, and in the end, I said, "Well, everything you just said, here it is. We watched on the video, and, and that's it." That audio and grunting, courtesy of Sen and Gary and Tim. <laughs> <laughs> but no, look again. It's uh, you and I said this last week that it's going to be it's going to be a long season for Lions fans because now there's there's no waiting around. There's no going. Oh, maybe we we'll make them like it's just it's an expectation. Yeah, but it's going to be a long build and we'll, we'll see things. We'll see plans probably go awry in the middle of the year. Mm. Um, because, you know, I, I think back to so many teams over the years and maybe the only comparable one at this point is possibly Port Adelaide yep. of um, the early 2000s. And yeah, they, they, they choked for that period of time. They're up the top and it, it took them four seasons to eventually get that grand final win, but that was their mm. first go at the grand final. So there's there really isn't too much recent precedent for how a would, team has evolved. I would like to say a, a team like the Giants, sort of that 16 to 20 era of the Giants where tons of talent, always up the pointy end of the ladder, you know, made a grand final, lost a grand final, but that just that hump. And you know what? I hope they go a different direction to that Giants team and they can finally take that next step. And look, and you don't want to put too much expectation on them in saying that, I'm just going to do it now. Oh. Unless injuries strike really hard, you can't see any reason why the Lions can't be there. No, there's no and, there's no other get out of jail. There's no other and we I know that, say excuse, but that is the case. We know that there are teams that are going to get better. Carlton have improvement in them, and a lot of people are tipping them as you know being premiership smokies, having a real chance. GWS are flying up. GWS are flying up. We know Collingwood are really good, really young have plenty of potential and you know the from all accounts they've hit the training track really hard and you know they're not happy with being a one and done premier they want to go back to back so there there are teams that are going to improve but when you look at when you weigh these lists up side by side Brisbane has the best list in the AFL on oh, of course they do and uh, we've just spoken about the depth that they they're, have they're strong on every, every line. line of the field absolutely mm. absolutely and uh, no, right down to their VFL as well so Look, everything is sitting right, but again, I, and look, this would be, I don't know, frustrating is not the word for the players, but knowing that they went so close, that they, they have to go, well, we're going to have to do this whole thing again. It's like, it's essentially, it's like repeating a course at uni or something like that. You're going to have to go all the way through again because you fell just short. But no, that's really exciting. Well, uh, speaking of exciting, it's uh, time to head down the, uh, down the M1 to, uh, how about them suns? Sunny yeah. time. Yep. Everything, yeah. everything's sunny down at Heritage Bank. And, well, uh, you and I, I I've spoken, since the podcast last week, I've spoken to a lot of people. And I, I keep telling them, going, yeah, the, the Lions, it's just going to be about the process. But this is the time to get excited about the Suns. 
Start it, now. Isn't it funny with the Lions where we know the ride with the Lions will start September 1? Correct. We know the ride with the Gold Coast Suns is going to be a roller coaster from round one. And oh, it's going to peak at August 31. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's just going to be, and I know there's going to be some crazy times along the way. Because uh, Damien Hardwick teams always just seem to have them where, you know, like they'll just go on a run, run of results, there'll be a losing streak. And, and to be honest, that's what we've expected out of the Gold Coast Suns for a while that uh, they're a Jekyll and Hyde team. And they are. They have been pretty much for their whole time in the AFL. So we know this is, it's going to be a dramatic ride, I feel. It is. But I'm excited for it. Well, and, and the Suns players are excited for it. Well, of course they are. Though. It's, a brand, it's a brand new coach. It's a brand new time. And as we've speculated, they would just have to be throwing out, you know, as we said, Stewie Jew provided that foundation mm. in the sort of the Suns 2.0 that started in the Stewie Jew era, which, mm. you know, again, we'll always be thankful for Stewie for holding on to that group of players that, you know, under a different administration could have gone elsewhere, could have yep. gone home. Stewie... Lock them down, and we'll always be grateful for the Stewie Jew Foundation. But now I've got something exciting. Now they've got they've got Dimmer. Yeah, they've got Dimmer. And I know you as a Richmond fan, and me as a former no, when he used to play at Essendon, love the bloke, and he's bringing something brand new to them. But um, we want to know if he's. I think a lot of people are going to ask him, are they going to adapt their game plan to, I guess, Richmond style? And is no, is Dimmer going to do that? Well, Noah Anderson has asked that, and uh, well, this is this is what they're going to do. Is it the Richmond game plan? Do you feel like you're playing the Richmond game plan? A little bit. Um, you can say that because well, it's think, been successful. I mean, uh, the Giants played the Richmond game plan last yeah, year once yeah. they learned it. Yeah, obviously, like success leaves clues. So um, Dim has brought what he what has worked in his previous job, and I'm sure he's tinkered it a little bit to suit our our playing list and our strengths. So. But yeah, there's definitely aspects where you go, oh, when I was playing, uh, <laughs> That's I remember playing doing. against that. And, um, <laughs> But it works, so we're excited to, to play with it. Ironically, the Suns always did quite well against uh, the Richmond game plans. Yeah. But um, for, for those that aren't familiar, Jack, can you just basically break down the sort of dimmer Richmond game plan? It's a pressure game and it's uh, surge the ball forward at all costs, lots of quick handballs, um, lots of playing on and numbers around the footy. It's uh, In some ways, it's it's very, very simple. but um, And it's a out-pressurise your opponent for... Longer than they can pressure you. So, who specifically on the Gold Coast Suns do you think that this is really going to work for? Matt Rowe. Matty Rowe. I think it's going to be. We saw Matt Rowe, especially last year, really become that contested ball beast, lay a lot of tackles around the contest. And he's not exactly the. He's not explosive when he breaks away, but he's a he's a constant pressure player, and he's around the coal face. And I think. His ability to get his hands on the football, um, feed it out to some of these outside runners um, like Noah Anderson can be. Lockie Well is going to come back. Will Powell, I think, when he gets back from his ankle injury, he's just started running again, could be in the frame for round one. Could be really exciting moving off halfback. Uh, so th- there's plenty of upside for the Suns. The criticism, and there really shouldn't be too much, but the, the knock on Matt Rowell has always been that, oh, we can win the ball on the inside, but he can't get on the outside. Under Dimmer, I, I'm guessing he doesn't need to but, do that. But, but I, I liken Matt Rowell to someone like a Dion Prestia. Mm. And the human meatball. The human meatball. And, you know, he can play that Dion Prestia role for the Suns. Pick up lots of footy, drift forward, um, but, you know, at the heart of it, be a coal-faced player. 
the other thing, the other people I think are going to benefit from, you know, the new game style, the searching the ball forward, the quick ball movement, Ben King. Yep. He's at times the sun's ball movement could be a little bit slow and he's forced to, you know, have three or four blokes drop back onto him and compete against them. He could take advantage of that quick ball movement. He needs with those giant levers that he's got, two hundred two hundred two centimeters. Also, for a man of that size, he is quick off he the is. mark. He is, but that's the thing. Like if he's sort of darting, like you know, he can't hit those mm. one two little tick leads. You need basically almost like that old Rewalt carry mm. sort of. It's just one run at the ball because if he gets that run yeah. and leap and he's able to time that to perfection with that you no know, precise delivery, he'll be unstoppable in the air. Absolutely, absolutely unstoppable. But yeah, he can't be sort of second-guessing the way, especially you know, with a knee injury history as well. He can't be just constantly sort of doubling up back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He needs to be hitting those you know, just a lot quicker runs. Yeah. So Benny King could have a big year. Uh, I think there's a lot of sons that could break out. Uh, obviously, Tuke Miller, they've got a, an already A-grade midfielder. Plenty of talent down back. Um, Sam Collins is probably the most criminally underrated defender in the competition. I don't mind that. I love a silent defender. Yep. He's, uh, he pays the Pavlich tax hard. Duh, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Uh, it's a big year for, um, it's a big year for Mac Andrew. It is. The Slim, Slim Reaper. Reaper. How's he, uh, look, uh, you don't want to take away from his, you know, what made him an outstanding junior was mm. his, his reach and his leap. And obviously he's just natural athletic Range. ability, but he started to get found out on some more seasoned bodies and plenty of gym work required. Well, that's the thing. You, yeah, yeah. you have to work out, but it's funny. Like, and I, I take this from, I'm taking this from the NBA of what we're saying from um, big Wemby <laughs> is that the game is evolving around these sort of players. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, yes, these are different sports, but yeah. you know, I, he's not going to, and no, not to make the like for like comparison, but he's not going to be built like Magic. No, and he's still too young to have the like Aaliyah build, and I'm I'm just referencing former the South Sudanese players in the league. But the the reach that he has, the speed, and you you watch him in that game against um, Brisbane in the Q Clash. Yeah, he dominated. He dominated, and that's the form that we saw in the juniors from him. Yep, and his ability to intercept Mark uh, was a big feature of his his junior game, and. That game, that Q clash against the Lions, he put it together. He took a lot of uh, intercept marks just floating across, being that third man. And he reads the ball really well. Big year for Mac Andrew. Yeah. So yeah, you don't want to see him stack on. He's not going to put on 10 kilos just mm. like that. That's not going to happen. That may happen over five, five six years. I, I, still, like, I still remember a good mate. <laughs> and that's, a, that's the thing I think people forget with these young kids. Is one because they're young, their metabolisms metabolism are through mm-hmm. the roof. They are not going to put on weight very quickly. I still remember staying with a mate of mine who was on Carlton's list back in 2012. And the amount that he had to eat, mm-hmm. it was like, it was, it was borderline torture. Yeah. I remember saying, like, you could see on his face, he'd finished a full like training session and he was forcing food into his body. One, because he had to restock what he'd burnt, but also then to put that extra in to put extra on. Especially with all these big, tall, young guys, it's just not going to happen that quickly. So mm. the Suns can find a way to make the game work for him because we know how talented he is. Then we're going to slim reap the benefits. <laughs> I wasn't building up to that; that just happened. That's good. <laughs> no, that, was no, a, <laughs> that was a spontaneous line, and no, I like I'm happy it. with it. I'm very happy with it. So, um, no, look, it, it's exciting time for the Suns. And uh, what date was that uh, fixture against the Lions? I believe that is not this weekend, be next, next week. Friday, which will be the 27th of February. Huge, huge. All right. Yeech. Exciting times at the Suns.
up the sunnies. Now it's uh, time for my favourite time of the week. Yeah, I've been, I've, a, I've, been, I've been looking forward to this as well. It's a segment that we launched last week. We did, yeah, we, we let it set sail. My segment Yep, and uh, is my, the Captain Frank Scatino Award for Outstanding Leadership well, or not, the Captain Frank Award for sure. I've made something for you. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Ah, uh, delicious. Just, just not, not, not the captain the people wanted, but the captain the people got. A quick recap of Captain Frank and his achievements. He was a cruise boat captain who had his mistress on the bridge of the cruise boat and decided, uh, and the mistress was a Roman, Ra- Romanian exotic dancer, decided to impress her with a sail by salute of a uh, Greek island, <laughs> sailed too close to the island, capsized the boat. Big disaster. We've all been there. Billion, We've all been there. Billion dollar cruise ship uh, and was also the first man off the boat. So <laughs> a gold standard for leadership. And uh, this week we have a couple of nominees for the Captain Frank Award. Oh, and the right. first of them, I'm sure if you've got the audio there. Let's all see how we go. The first of them is Suns Chairman Bob East. I do, now, have, I do have this for you. This is an exciting year for the Gold Coast Suns. They've got Damien Hardwick on board. There's, a, there's already expectation there. And, um, oh, no, don't worry. I'm excited. <laughs> I am excited. Oh, thanks, Big Kev. <laughs> there is so much expectation. And what we've seen in the past with the Suns is whenever there's been expectation on them, they haven't lived up to it. And Unfortunately They've not. disappointed a lot of people. And some would say that the Gold Coast coaching job is a little bit of a poison chalice. So Damien Hardwick, less than six months into the role, doesn't need Bob East coming out and saying this. And we're ready for success. I'll hit that again. <laughs> Look, I think the pass mark for t- 2024 is finals. Yes, we've developed a three-year okay. plan that really goes about uh, setting this organisation up for success in the near term. So I think it is fair to say that we are more mature in our approach and we're ready for success. How long's Bob been in the club for? Uh, Bob replaced Tony Cochran as chairman... It was about March last year. So Tony Cochran quit just before the round one game and round one was his last game as chairman. So so he's been in the role for less than a year, Bob. Okay. And Look, I, know, every, I, know, I know it was part of the process of getting dimmer. For every grandiose uh, Brendan Gale type statement of we're going to win three premierships in the next 10 years, there is a litany of failed five-year plans. <laughs> I swear I every club has had a failed five-year plan or a... A failed declaration that we're going to have success and we're on the right path. I, I think that's why you always harp back to the Brendan Gale one because yep. it is it is the exception. It is not the rule when clubs boldly come out and declare that. Yeah, you're right. It, it's a curse. It is. A, it's an absolute curse. Thanks, so, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Piss poor leadership, Bob. <laughs> do better. But I'm here for it. In many ways, don't be like Tony Cochran. Don't pick up the media's phone calls. Be the silent chairman. Hundred percent. I, I always I say this about any footy club. I don't like to know. I don't want to know who's on the board. I never want to know their names. Mm-hmm. I never want to hear from them. Just be silent. Yep. The moment I hear them like mention the papers or like you know, and this is again, I wear my Matthew Lloyd shirt, but <laughs> this is from being an Essendon fan for too long. I never want to know who's on the board. Yeah, it sucks. And I don't. You said you had a second nominee. You'll have your luncheon, Bob. <laughs> Before every game, just enjoy it. Just settle down, Bob. Just settle, settle down, down Bob. Uh, second nomination. Second nomination. Now, 
Uh, we're going to go up to the River City. We're going to come to Brisbane. Now, Nico, when you appoint a captain and a vice captain of your football team, what are you looking for? Well, as someone who has been running their team like a dictatorship for <laughs> however mm. I, I look, honestly, I look for I look for leadership. I yep. look for the ability to keep a cool head in a crisis. Yep. And I look for someone who can lead by example. Mm. Well, uh, leading by not example is the Brisbane Broncos captaincy pair. Well, the captain and the vice captain of the Broncos. <laughs> Adam Reynolds and Paddy Carrigan, the dust up heard round the world, <laughs> having a wrestle a little, in Fortitude Valley. Just a little Valley. bit of dust. Uh, two of the Broncos senior leaders, pretty much the people keeping the ship on track, like Captain Frank was meant to, <laughs> having a dust up and uh, pretty much plunging the Broncos into crisis. So, Adam Reynolds and Paddy Carrigan, congratulations! Welcome to the Captain Frank Club. You are nominees. Great to have. You. Great to have them here. I'm, of course, very compromised <laughs> by the situation, so I'm saying very little. <laughs> well, uh, a couple of wonderful nominees, and uh, we will have the award, perpetual award at the end of the year. We've also got another award I'm looking to launch in a couple of weeks' time, but we're going to wait till the season starts there. So uh, please put forward your nominations of um, outstanding leadership um, through to our socials at, uh, at Northern Exposure Pod. I've even made an email address for us. We'll set up a mailbag. Yep. It's nice and professional this year, Captain Jack. Frank Award. Captain Frank Award. Yeah, just headline it there. Um, look, I, I was going to go off about the Olympics uh, after I heard this, uh, this wonderful caller on uh, SEN's Patton Heels, uh, Nick from Greenslopes. Oh, Nick really, from Greenslopes, he, yeah. Uh, he, he really teed off, but we'll hold that over for another week because, you know, in this world, I, I like to get the facts. I don't like to go off too early. So, Where, um, where are we on the, uh, on the time counter, Nico? Have we gone too long? On, uh, well, I mean, to get the Olympics ready? Yes, yes, we have. Surpri- no. Surprisingly, it's not as hot. In here as it was last week. No, I week. noticed neither of us have keeled over and died yet. But, no, um, no it, it's okay. We're up to our 45-minute mark. I think we need to have like a 45-minute mark and just yep. let people know that we're hit. That's 45 there. Yep. Now, I, I had a really great idea. I went to the gym before this, so I can't <laughs> lose any sweat if I've already sweated it out. Science. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's very, very good from you. That's good boy <laughs> science. Now, the uh, Olympics... That, that was the big story uh, since we last did the podcast. It, it is. Of John Coates, who is the vice president of the IOC, uh, was the former president of the AOC, the Australian Olympic Committee. That's what I keep getting mixed up, yes. Mm. And uh, possibly... He's like uh, the Pope's first cardinal, really. John Coates, he's the reason Brisbane got the Olympics, really. He, he pushed it. He lobbied the state government for it. It was... He's the mastermind behind Brisbane being awarded the Games. Yes, when it came down to the, you know, the bidding c- cities, having Johnny Coates that high up in the IOC oh, yeah. definitely did a lot to get us across the line. And on Thursday, Johnny Coates has seen three years of arguing and over the Gabba, over the cost blowouts, the public backlash that's really starting to turn against the Olympic Games here in Brisbane. And this is, this is what I, I really hate, but I, I will get to this. I'll get to this. And without parliamentary review, without basically having it signed off by any local member of the bureaucracy, he went to the Courier-Mail and declared the Gabba rebuild dead, buried, cremated. Uh, in one of the great dick-swinging moments oh, wasn't of it? the 21st century. What a reminder. Uh, I'm in charge. One, one of the listen, great rank Listen pulls. here, you little, poly, uh, you little pollies. Well done. Good for you. You have done fuck all in the last three years. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. That's it. That's out, that is outstanding leadership. That that is 
Yeah, that's the opposite of the Captain Frank Award. Uh, now, now don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, you and I have talked about the Gabba for years on this podcast. Mm. And when I, when I heard that, yeah, I was, I was pretty bummed out because, you know, I do want to see the Gabba mm. fixed up. There are other ways we can do it. That's okay. Yeah. What I didn't like was the solutions offered. Now, Ooh. remember, we're in Johnny. These are Johnny's games. We are living in Johnny's world. Yep. And end of the day, buck stops with him. But what he's put forward was terrible. Now, I yeah. spent a bit of time out at um, Nissan Arena and out at um, the old QE2 in yep. the shadows of that. Look, it was built for the 1982 Commonwealth Games. And it has been a white elephant ever since. Exactly right. Yes. They had this. An ACDC concert was there. There was a bit of Super League there. But I think Eminem played there one Eminem might have played there mm. as well. And you know what? He definitely would have hated getting in and out between McGregor and Sunnybank. He yep. didn't love that. It, it, it is turning into an absolute disaster. And I'm so glad, Jack, I'm so glad that this year is an Olympic year. Mm. Because for everything that's said right now in the middle of February, we're going to get to late July, August, mm. and we're going to remember... Oh, Jesus, these things are great. Mm. The Olympics are awesome. I think back to no, just 2021 when you and me are standing in our work office and we're cheering, no, we're cheering oh. along the television as Ariane Titmus comes out of nowhere yeah. no, to win one of multiple races. We forget how much we love it. So we need, I'm very glad we're going to have this sugar hit. But this has been a disaster. And I'm like, where I've landed on this is. The chip on the shoulder, and I love the people of Brisbane, I love this city, yep. but the chip on the shoulder of the people that live here is out of control. It is ridiculous. It's the, we can't have, no, we don't deserve anything nice. Mm -hmm. Because all like, no, when we look for solutions, I want, I want to see solutions. Yep. I don't want to say, okay, look, QE2, not a great suggestion, but I want to see other solutions. I want to think outside the box thinking. All I'm saying is, oh, we can't take this money out of hospitals. What about people who can't pay their rent? I'm like, we've been saying this for years. You're angry at the wrong people. Yeah. We can have both. But one, think about, no, that's not how budgets work. Put pressure on your MPs to fix that up. Mm -hmm. But we're trying to have something nice for this city. And guess what? The flow-on effect, like Olympic, uh, Olympics don't break cities like they used to anymore. That's, yeah. uh, that's not going to happen. And yes, some mucking around because any, no, like anything, like the voice, as soon as it became partisan, it becomes an issue. So the, like, the Olympics is a political football being kicked around by both, like all three parties now. Yep. Now the Greens are such a big player. All three of them are kicking this round and it's going nowhere. We need to agree on something and we need to agree on it really quickly because otherwise we are going to stuff this for ourselves. We're not, it's not going to happen. They're not going to take the, like the IOC will not take the Olympics away from us. That is not going to happen. We are not going to cough it up either. That will not happen, which is equally as embarrassing. You look at Victoria, like, yes, they put the state first, which is not a bad idea, but that's the Commonwealth Games. This is different. Yep. And Brisbane, will I'll say this now, will never recover from it if mm. we stuff this up. But it's not that hard to stuff up. But we are doing a magnificent job of it. And a very poignant thing that uh, the doyen of Channel 7's Olympic coverages for a long time, Pat Welsh, had to say last week was, if you're a global city like London... You could cock the Olympics up and nobody will remember no. it because there's so many other things going on in those cities. But for small cities like, say, Atlanta, yep. who got the Olympics in 96, and it was a shit show of an Olympics. Yep. And that set... Traffic out of control. They sort of swept the homeless to the side and... So many social issues, so many organisational issues. And the stigma from those games set the city of Atlanta back so long uh, uh, to the point where it's still recovering from it. 
Yep. But you have a look at a city like Barcelona. Correct. Which until 1992, unless you were really deep into a Spanish trip, nobody really went no, to so Barcelona. Catalan's as a separate estate. Yep. And it, was, it wasn't on the global map. Since 1992 and those Olympics, it was put on the map as a, being a spectacular place. And just about everyone that goes to Spain, that is their first choice location. Correct. That is where they go. Correct. They love Barcelona. And that is the Olympic effect. And, you know, Brisbane, we're, we're standing at a crossroads now. We can be Atlanta. We can be the shit show. We can be Rio. Or we can put on a spectacular Olympics like Barcelona did, like Sydney did. Correct. Si- Sydney, and- people have to remember, where. It was a big city, mm. but it didn't have global attention. Yeah, it would not be what it is today without the Sydney Games. And there, you know, upwards, how many people will watch the Olympics? Everyone, a billion, two billion, three Every, billion. Yep, absolutely, that's billions of people looking at this city on a television coverage, not, not looking at Jones Rocks, going, "Geez, one day I'd like to go there." Well, but not just that. Our our corner, our southeast yeah. corner, Queensland as well. But this chip on the shoulder we have, because right now yep. we see ourselves as, as Atlanta. Yep. We don't think we have, our stuff isn't as nice. Yep. Oh, Melbourne and Sydney get everything. Queensland gets left behind. Right now we've got to see ourselves as Barcelona. Yeah. And if we want to be that, a and that, is a, that city, is a city with pride. Yep. They've, they've, they've got the Catalan spirit. My parents like they were lucky enough to be over there recently. They said it's clean. The people are proud of where they are. They take care of the place. Right now, we mentally think we are Atlanta. And, and, and it will become a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it's so weird too because we see this out, every origin period, we see this outpouring of state pride and yep. how proud Queenslanders are to be Queenslanders. Drink a Forex, kick a cane toad. Set someone on fire outside the Caxton. <laughs> Set someone on fire outside the Caxton. It, it, it really is an outpouring of state pride and they love it so much. Mm. That why can't why, why can't you translate this Queensland pride to the world stage? Yep. And here's yeah. your chance. You will never have a better chance than this. Yeah, because you, this is putting Queen. This is not Queensland competing against New South Wales. No, this is Queensland. New South Wales have to take a back seat here. This is Queensland showing its nutsack to the world <laughs> and saying, "Look at this. <laughs> it is glorious. Look at these plums." Pretty much. Yeah. So um. Look, we'll, we'll be following this very closely, but um, yeah, right now I'm just I'm very frustrated with the process, and mm. I'm frustrated with the people who are trying to take, uh, who don't realise what they're going to miss out on. Because at the end of the day, mm. roads, housing, everything, infrastructure, it won't get built. Like, and look, it's not going to happen. They are not going to take the games away from us, and we are not going to cough them up. But you have to understand that all this stuff that this state desperately needs. It's not going to happen without these Olympics. Mm-hmm. That was the draw card. You're spot on. Drag him in there. No, these these roads aren't going to get extended. These train lines aren't going to get put in. Yep. This city will become a better place in the near future because of the Olympics, and it's going to be a better place afterwards because of the Olympics. Because of these two weeks in 2032, they are going to be the most pivotal things in this city. And the other thing that annoys me is that... <sighs> So much of political decision making is just based on public opinion. Um, where with social media, with wall to wall television coverage, the the outrage machine burns so fiercely. Yeah, people want to grab and, onto emotion. And, and in some ways, why I didn't agree with the the idea of the Gabba rebuild. In some ways, I admired Anastasia Palaszczuk's doggedness to go. This is happening. 
I don't care if you all hate me. Mm. We're going on this track and I won't hear any more about yep. it. Now that Anna's gone, it's open season. And and I like Stephen Miles. I think he can be a good premier of the state. But at some point, you're going to have to show some stones yeah. and say, I'm willing to cop being unpopular. I'm willing to... I, I'm willing to put my, you know, put my political career on the line to get this done and go on a track and get it sorted. This was a very please like me moment. Yes, it was. Yeah. And look, I understand that you need that. He's a new incoming premier. He uh, has a reputation in some quarters for potentially being a little bit of a lightweight. So he needs that. And and obviously, you know, politics is a popularity game. If he wants to get another term of government, there's a state election coming up at the end of this year. He needs to be liked, and and I understand that. But hopefully, if he gets back into office, or you know, if it's the other mob, there's someone with some gumption to put the stones on the line and say, "This is our course, and we do not deviate from it from now on." One hundred percent. Because we have squandered our head start. We had, Absolutely. We had a three year head start on just about every other city that hosts the Olympics, and we have pissed it up against the wall. We've blown it. We've yep. completely blown it. So now we're playing catch up, and mm-hmm. that's where things are going to get dangerous. Well, we're going to follow this closely and you can follow us closely on all our social platforms on oh, Instagram, yeah. on TikTok. That was TikTok. cathartic to get rid of Wasn't it? No, I've, been, I've been carrying that for nearly... Oh. It happened the day after we finished recording. So, yeah, um, yeah I've been uh, oh, I've been building to that and we'll, we'll, keep, oh. we'll keep a very close eye. You're oh, getting sweaty. All my Olympic rings had turned blue. <laughs> I was... <laughs> and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow full time because we've hit the hour mark so thank you to all our listeners who have stayed with us to this point and uh, yeah we'll actually I think we'll drop this uh, Olympics chat as a separate chat as well just Ooh, to uh, separate podcast yeah so we can push that out a little bit and just bump those little numbers up a little bit alright Jack Fulham uh, thank you for getting sweaty here in the studio again it's been delicious yeah we can see it's, uh, it's going to cool down at some point and there we go I love, li- I love li- living under the flight plan it's just wonderful mm. oh, I could go off on about that as well but that'll do uh, right, Airbus A330 this has been uh, good call. Uh, this has been Northern Exposure, and you've been exposed. <laughs>